This is your Sunday morning post. Uh, he's a really exciting player. He can really create offense for you when there's not a lot of offense to be had. Uh, I think he's a real engine for an offense. Like I think you just go back to watching him in Oklahoma. I remember watching him back then just go up against these SEC schools and going up against Ohio State at Ohio State. And I think he really brings that engine that a that a team needs, that that confidence, that fearlessness. And and so I think he's always had that. And I think when you trace it back to where, wherever he's been, high school, college, and now he's affected his teams in a positive way. And I think that uh, he's been a fantastic player for them. And, and, and it's a guy that we respect a lot. You're listening to Straight No Chaser on Dogs by Nature Radio. Now, here's your host, my dad, Thelonious Seven. You're tuned into the midsection of the Sunday Morning Post on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious Seven. On page two, we preview the afternoon games, as well as focusing on our AFC North outlook. The Sunday Morning Post is the perfect way for a dog by nature to start game day. First up on page two, we have Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears traveling to Las Vegas. Carr and the Raiders at home are a five and a half point favorite. To hear more on this game, we turn to Mason West of the Chicago Audible podcast. This is Mason West representing the Chicago Audible and team rehabilitation for the Sunday Morning Post. First and foremost, most important storyline, Justin Fields is QB1. Not just for this game, not just for the next game, but for the foreseeable future and hopefully for years to come. Andy Dalton is in theory healthy. Doesn't matter. This is Justin's team, Justin's time. So what we should expect to see is a continuation of what led to a victory against the Lions. This is going to include a lot of play action, rolling out, you know, moving the pocket, and explosive plays. Justin threw for five long passes over 20 yards, which hasn't been done for the Bears in a good good while, which is A, both sad for the Bears' offense over the last couple years, but also B, great for the present and hopefully the future as Justin Fields and the Bears can build on it. David Montgomery is out undisclosed specifically what the injury is to me in the press box when I was looking at it you know I said it wasn't going to be an ACL didn't look like it from the mechanism of injury my guess is MCL four to six weeks he's out and that's a shame because he had 23 carries for over 100 yards last game and I think is currently fifth right now in the NFL in rushing so there's a big big gap there Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert are gonna have to pick up the slack I would guess Khalil Herbert is actually going to lead the backfield in carries, but look for Damian Williams to be a heavier uh, usage in terms of screen and pass game. Also going to need a big step up from the tight ends, which have been essentially non-existent. One catch from Cole Clement last week, none from the rest of the tight end core. Darnell Mooney has been leading the way in receiving. So let's look to, for that explosive plays against a Raiders team that has lost some cornerbacks last week and looked pretty feeble, honestly. Uh, when it comes to what's going to happen on defense for the Bears... Khalil Mack is currently on the injury report, expects him to play full. Wouldn't worry about that. But Akeem Hicks is out with the groin. He has not practiced the last couple of days. That's probably the biggest question mark. If he can't go, there is a big gap in the middle in that run defense. Now, can other individuals step up, like a Bilal Nichols, you know, like a Karis Tonga? Eddie Goldman is back, played last week, which is huge, but you can't replace Nakeem Hicks. So that rush offense for the Raiders is going to be interesting, especially because Josh Jacobs is still banged up. Uh, it looks like Barbers may not be playing. You know, you're relying on Kenyon Drake. Uh, obviously, last week, Derek Carr, had, there were some interesting quotes about him from Joey Bosa, basically calling him soft in the pocket. 
uh, Bears lead the NFL in sacks right now. So if they can get after Derek Carr, expect you know expect the some fireworks there. Honestly, if the Bears can run the ball efficiently with the running backs they do have, and if they can stay ahead of the sticks, so get out of the third and longs, third and eight, essentially and less, I can see them winning this game. Uh, they need to shut down Darren Waller. Then they can do that with Rolkon Smith, one of the most dynamic linebackers in the game. I believe that it's going to be a 24 to 20 victory for the Bears. I wouldn't have said that, you know, before last week, and I wouldn't have said that before watching the Raiders play the Chargers. But after seeing that game, uh, the Raiders are very beatable. And if the Lions can, or if the what the Bears did against the Lions is any indication, the Bears really do have a chance at this. And like I said, 24 to 20 victory. This is Mason West for the Sunday Morning Post. Fantastic job, Mason. Love the takes on sports medicine. And as long as Justin Fields keeps his eyes peeled for condors, I'm going to go with the Bears in this one. (laughs) Moving along. The Giants are traveling to the phone booth where they'll play the Cowboys in Dallas. Cowboys going to be a seven-point favorite in that contest. Got the Cowboys in this one, but I feel like I never know what to expect from the Giants. Definitely keep a close eye on this one this afternoon. And unfortunately, we are unable to hear from our friends in Buffalo and KC as the Bills stampede their way into Arrowhead for a huge rematch. That primetime affair kicking off at 8.20. And now for your last game before the AFC North Outlook. We are treating you like a good neighbor and taking you to the State Farm where Kyler Murray and Trey Lance will begin a series of battles which should go on for years to come. For more on this game, we are fortunate to be joined by Zach P. from the 49ers of Wild podcast, as well as AZ Mac, Cardinals representative. Zach, you're up first for the 49ers. What do you have for us? Jimmy Garoppolo is out this week, so Trey Lance gets the start, and he is going to make or break the 49ers this week. Um, This will be the first week that Trey Lance has a game plan completely tailored to him and his talents. And it will be interesting to see if that will be enough for the 49ers to overcome the juggernaut offense of the Arizona Cardinals, the only undefeated team left in the NFL. If Trey Lance can put up points, then the offense is going to have success and they might be able to keep up with the Cardinals. Uh, they're gonna, the Cardinals are going to score points. There's no way around that. Regardless of how well the defense is played, Arizona is going to be putting up some big yardage and big points. And it's up to Trey Lance and the 49ers to keep up with them. I'm not sure if they can. I think that they will do a decent job. um, But this is still Trey Lance's first start. And that can always be rough. So my final score prediction is going to be Arizona 31, San Francisco 27. Thank you for that, Zach. Zach Pratt can be found at It's Me, Zach P on Twitter. (laughs) And now for the Cardinals opinion, we turn to AZ Mac. This is Mac with the Redbird Red Zone Podcast, and I'm here representing the lone undefeated team in the NFL, your Arizona Cardinals. And unfortunately, this week five showdown with the 49ers looks to be headlined by injury. Niners starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is officially listed as out, which means rookie Trey Lance will be making his first career start when the 49ers come to the desert. Also, tight end All-Pro George Kittle is listed as doubtful. For the Cardinals, cornerback one Byron Murphy, who is second in the NFL with interceptions with three, and out of 50 defensive players who've been targeted at least 20 times in the passing game, he ranks fourth and fifth 
in completion percentage against and passer rating against. He is also listed as doubtful for Sunday's game. But at the end of the day, the Arizona Cardinals are the only team in the NFL to have put up at least 30 points in all four games this season. And they will be taking on a 49ers defense that has given up at least 28 points in three of their four first four matchups. Headlined by early season MVP frontrunner Kyler Murray, my final score prediction is Cardinals 40, 49ers 24. Again, this is Mac with the... Thank you, Mac, for that outstanding and lively coverage. Kind of hard to imagine a rookie beating an undefeated team on the road. However, Trey Lance is kind of good. So we definitely want to see what this game looks like. <laughs> and now we wrap our page two coverage with a focus on the AFC North outlook. We begin our AFC North coverage with a stomach-churning matchup as the Colorado Horsefaces make their way into Northeast West Virginia to battle the Steelers who sit at 1-3. To get the perspective of the greater Allegheny region, we've reached out again to the Mike Doctor from the Sports Podium Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's your main man, James, a.k.a. the Mike Doctor, one-third of the three-headed monster that makes up the Sports Podium Podcast crew here to talk to you about my beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, my Pittsburgh Steelers are sitting at the bottom of the AFC North Division with a 1-3 and record and a three-game losing streak. They're chasing the Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, and Cincinnati Bengals, who all sit atop of the division at 3-1. and one. But make no mistake about it, we have the lowly Denver Broncos coming to town and a partially concussed Teddy Two-Glove Bridgewater. But listen up, T.J. Waters returned, and that's right, he missed last week's game and the loss against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, but he is back this weekend, and he will be looking to get after Teddy Two-Glove Bridgewater and that Denver offense. Him, Alex Smith, Cam Hayward, and the rest of that vaunted Pittsburgh defense will look to show up and show out. Keep in mind, start quarterback Cam Sutton will be out. On the flip side, the Denver Broncos are looking for a win after a tough loss last week to the uh, Baltimore Ravens, but I don't think they're going to get it done in Pittsburgh, y'all. I don't. On the offensive side of the ball for Pittsburgh, listen, we got to do something. We got to get better. It all starts up front of the offensive line. They have two rookies starting in third-round pick and fourth-round pick, Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr., respectively. But I don't care. They get it done. They open some holes, and Najee Harris has a great day. I'm calling it now, folks. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Denver Broncos 17-16. You heard it here first from your boy. The Mike Doctor once again pounded the sports podium. <laughs> he was frightened week one. So I'm afraid to go against him. Trying to eat a steak with ketchup is no easy task. So I imagine a tough day for the Broncos as well as Teddy Bridgewater. So we have the Steelers getting right and getting back to two and three. And now for the surprising Bengals. They host the Packers at their Northern Kentucky digs for a one o'clock game. And they're a three-point underdog to retain their claim at the top of the AFC North Conference. For more on this game, let's go to Daddy McDuke of our own SB Nation affiliate. Hello, this is Daddy McDuke representing the Cincinnati Bengals. I write for the CincyJungle.com, but I also have a YouTube show, D and H Sports, and the number one Bengals podcast, which is on the Believe Podcast Network. And today I want to talk about the Bengals being Joe Burrow's offense because that is the most important development. We saw it on that Thursday night football game that a lot of people tuned in to see the Joe Burrow-Trevor Lawrence showdown. 
and Trevor Lawrence delivered with his best game of the season and the Bengals looked like the Bengals in the first half. The second half, Joe Burrow took command. Joe Burrow did some audibles. Joe Burrow, you know, he I mean, he used CJ Uzama, a guy who was irrelevant the first three weeks, but he just does whatever it takes to win. And that is the biggest thing, is that he is, he is making this offense go, which is kind of funny. The defense looks great. The defense looks fine. I mean, the first three games, they were outstanding. The second half of the Jaguars game, they, they picked it up again. But, you know, they were with without their two best members of the secondary, Jesse Bates and Jadobe Abuzie. But the offense has been the problem this season, surprisingly, because Zach Taylor is supposed to be offensive coach. And Joe Burrow took care of that. Now, who are the best producers on the team? Well, obviously, it's, you know, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, who is dealing with an ankle injury. He could very well miss this game. But the, the home run guy in every game this season has been, you know, uh, Jamar Chase. I mean, he, every game he comes up with like a 30-yard grab uh, or, you know, a touchdown every the, for the first three games. But uh, Tyler Boyd is the, is the kind of a steady kind of get you on base type of guy. And, and he was fantastic on Thursday night too. And I expect him to come out and have a big game against the Packers as well. Green Bay is, of course, dealing with a lot of injuries, especially in their secondary, and that is really going to hurt them. And that's why I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I think it's going to be in the 30s. You know, I think the Packers are going to get in the 30s, and I think the Bengals are going to get in the 30s. But I would say that I'm going to go with the Bengals, 35 to 31. And that is because I, I do think our defense is capable at home of delivering those stops that we need. Once again, this is Daddy McDook writing for CincyJungle.com. And you can find me on D&H Sports and the number one Bengals podcast, wherever you find podcasts. So long, Esfiti Pais. Great work, sir. Wow. Daddy McDook going with the upset at home. It would certainly put the league on notice. Don't think I can go with you on this one, but I appreciate the case. Going with the Packers in this one before we finish up page two. With the before and after, that is the Ravens and the Colts. In our final game of the AFC North Outlook, we have the Indianapolis Colts traveling home to the Crab Cake Capital to revisit the Ravens on a Monday night in October. For more on that, we turn to Matt Jurgensen of the Be More Sports Pub. Hello, this is Matt Jorgensen, co-host of the Baltimore Blitz, and I'll be representing the Ravens for the Sunday Morning Post. This Monday, Charm City welcomes back an old friend in the form of the Indianapolis Colts for primetime football. This will be the Ravens' third prime game of the season, and after spending much of the first quarter of the year on the road, they will no doubt be happy to settle in at the bank for the start of a four-game homestand. After a disappointing OT defeat in Vegas, the Ravens had reeled off three consecutive victories and last week handed the Broncos their first loss of the year in convincing fashion, 23-7. Lamar Jackson did the bulk of the damage with his arm instead of his legs and threw for over 300 yards for just the second time in his career. Jackson is always a dangerous threat out of the backfield, but the story thus far is that his passing has improved and in the past two games, as defenses stacked the box, he's made opponents pay. He's on pace to throw for over 4,000 yards, and that's a great sign for the purple and black moving forward. The defense has recovered nicely after facing Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes in the first few weeks, and last week the Ravens registered five sacks and 11 quarterback hits and knocked Teddy Bridgewater from the game. 
that theme could continue as the Colts' whole line is dealing with injuries and Carson Wentz is less than mobile. Lineman Calais Campbell is having his best season yet and has been a disruptive force. Safety Chuck Clark continues to deliver steady performances as the captain of the D, and first-round sensation Odafe Owe has made an impact early, helping fans forget about the loss of Matthew Judon. So can the Ravens make it four in a row? Offensively, the Ravens will continue to be patient in the pass game and take what the Indy defense gives them. Tight end Mark Andrews should have another big game Monday, plus he's due to find the end zone. Marquise Brown bounced back from a rough game week three and is back to beating corners on the regular. Most fans, however, are hoping for the long-awaited debut of first-round pick Rashad Bateman, and they might get their wish as as he's been back at practice since recovering from groin surgery. Defensively, Don Martindale will be aggressive as usual and look to cook up some unique blitzing schemes and create mismatches. He would be wise to mix in some zone looks as well, as the Colts love the screen game. They will need to pressure Wentz and limit Jonathan Taylor, who went for over 100 yards rushing against Miami last week in their victory. The first three weeks have been nail biters for the Purple Faithful, so it was nice to have a more relaxed viewing experience against Denver. The Ravens seem ready for some home cooking, and they should start their stay getting a W over the Colts. I've got it 28-17, Ravens. Enjoy the action in week five, everyone. This is Matt Jurgensen, co-host of the Baltimore Blitz, which you can find on Apple and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Jurgs, signing off for the Sunday Morning Post. Matt off the top shelf again. And with that, we'll put this one in the books. You've been listening to the Sunday Morning Post on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Alonia Seven. Big thanks to all the contributors who did their part to make the Sunday Morning Post the perfect way for a dog by nature to start a game day. So for all of us at the Straight No Chaser Studios, happy holidays, take care, and of course, go Browns.